This is Two Girls, One Mike, the show that talks about the holes and plot holes of your favorite porn. Welcome to Two Girls, One Mike, the podcast where if you say these three words, eight letters, we're yours. Natalia, do you know what phrase that is? Oh, God, no. I love you? No. Okay. It's I am Groot. <laughs> I, uh, I was a big fan of I am growing. That was a, a highlight of the film for me personally. If you confidently walk into a room and say, I am growing, I guess I'm also yours. It kind of is my, my mating call uh, these days. It's not necessarily picking up the right suitors, but you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Guys, I'm uh, Alice Vaughn, your co-host. And of course, because Yvette's on medical leave, we have Natalia Regan filling in. No, psh, we have Natalia Reagan filling in. <laughs> One day, I'm going to get your name right. Just think of a ray gun. Just think of a gun that shoots rays. Or Ronald, um, but I, I hate to bring him up into this. Are there any other Reagans? My family. <laughs> but no. <laughs> Unfortunately, Ronnie and, and his son and Nancy, and Nancy didn't do much for the whole, her whole war on drugs, man. Mm. And pornography, by the way. Look, I know you're probably not related, but if you could get Nancy Reagan so we could discuss the war on drugs and oh, pornography oh, on wow. the show. She, I should know this. I guess she is still alive. Oh, wow. Maybe. Hmm. Well, we'll see. I don't know. I can use that Reagan uh, to my advantage. Some leverage. Somewhere back in Court County, some there's some sort of linkage. You never know you who's never related know. to you. you know. Bree, do you have any interesting people you're related to? Actually, my grandmother survived Pearl Harbor. Oh. Very exciting. Probably not at the time. Yeah. You know, um, when you just survive something, you're not famous afterward. Yeah. Was she in, so I take it she was in Hawaii. Was she working with the military or? No, she lives there. She does. Okay. She lived there. Yeah. Well, that's something. Yeah, that's something. So keep dreaming, everybody. So on the show, we have uh, Brie Pruitt to help review Nardians of the Galaxy with us. A real classic, honestly. Brie, how did you feel about reviewing porn? Have you reviewed porn before? I have reviewed porn before. Um, You guys had uh, my friend Alex Falcone on the show previously, and Alex Falcone hosts a podcast called Read It and Weep, and he... Made me watch, made me. That sounds very uh, me too. Um, so let's revise that. He is a, he is a white man, so let's change that. Um, he's one of the good ones, so let's let's change revise that. I elected to join his podcast to review. I believe it was a Star Wars porn, which I'm sure y'all have seen because that's your bread and butter, so to speak. Mm. It was fine when I am watching porn that I like. I have extremely specific critiques, but I think that whoever Nardians the Galaxy is for, <laughs> it is not me. And my criticism, like, it has nothing to do with my sexuality. So that is very easy to watch and because there's no sexuality to me at all about it. I mean, does that, is, do you guys feel that way? There's no danger of me being turned on when watching this movie at all at all. That's me. No. I feel the same with a lot of porn parodies. The Star Wars one, I remember, I don't know if you saw the one with a very scintillating Chewbacca, a Wookiee threesome. There's got to be more than just one. I guess what I will say, I'm a comedian by my job, and I am a, a sexual human, but that, like, comedy and sexuality, there's no overlap for me at all. Do you all feel the same way? <laughs> You've watched a lot of porn parody. It's very rare nowadays when I'm watching a porn parody that I get turned on just because for me, it's become my job. So I just 
compartmentalize what I'm actually into into a very different segment that doesn't involve normally bits happening before and or during the boning. Who is this for? The fans. Of what? Of sex (laughs) or of Guardians of the Galaxy? Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, okay. That's what the parodies are normally made for. It's for the super fans. I see. They want to take it to the next level. (laughs) Okay, so I have a lot of friends who are in the erotic fan fiction universe. This is sort of erotic fan fiction come to life in a lot of ways. I hadn't considered it that way, but yes. I have a friend who's very into Supernatural. Have you ever heard of Supernatural? The TV show? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a friend that... I believe is on that show. Really? Okay. So yeah. you may know that they are so into fan culture on that show that they have cons all the time. Like every other weekend that the cast comes and talks to people and the erotic fan fiction is like very celebrated in this community. And I just am like, I guess nerds gotta come too, but you know, I <laughs> the the comedy of it all, it takes me right out of it. I'm a big laugher during sex. I really? like laughing. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, I don't want it to be like the Benny Hill show, but I definitely want it to be, <laughs> you know, like it's like split the diff between, yeah. you know, Fabio and because I used to write and I've talked about this on the show before when I was a little girl, I was very into Skinamax and uh, softcore porn as a child. Yes, like I was too. obsessed. Okay. So I started writing and my mom had the clan of the cave bear book. So I started writing my own and my mom busted me multiple times. And the big threat was, I'm going to tell your father. And years later I told my dad and he's like, that's fucking hilarious. Like he loved it. But and I had, a, but of course at that age, he probably would have flipped out, but you know, I was always obsessed and I liked adding some humor to it. Like you know, and I would write them for my friends. So friend, like, you know, someone would get a crush on somebody and I was like, and they liked horseback riding. So I'd have write a, a whole series of them having sex whilst riding a horse, oh you know, like God. real ridiculous stuff. But I do agree, like, for instance, and I know we're going to jump in the film in a minute, but like when growing got shrunk to a small growing <laughs> and uh, I believe, is it April O'Neil who's playing Rocket? The raccoon? Yeah. I met her once at Burning Man, like you do. Oh. Uh, delightful human. I mostly recognized her boobs, um, which are fantastic. That says something if you could recognize an individual specifically by their boobs. Yes. It says something about, both about the individual and you, I mean, I think. <laughs> yeah. Fair. It, it kind of it does, not going to lie. I once actually was in a supermarket and I heard behind me, I'd recognize that ass anywhere. And I turned around, it was my friend and he recognized oh. me from because I was wearing like bike shorts or something. Yes. I was like, that's not, and thank goodness I was alone. I wasn't with like, you know, a partner or somebody. But yeah, April O'Neil plays, you know, Rocket, the character, and when she starts having um, her way with the new and improved shrunk, well, I don't know yes. if he's improved, he's so small, but I was kind of like, what? what, what, why is this hat? What, how did this? Oh, okay. And it, there was nothing sexy about it. I couldn't really get into it. And sometimes I do watch the actual porn scenes when I do this. Cause you know, we, we really focus on the plot because that's so important, but that one, I, I had a hard time getting excited about, you know, and I, I was really afraid, wanted a splinter yeah, reference. We'll, we'll honestly. get to that one. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, it's interesting that you mentioned supernatural because yeah. I, a few years ago for Halloween went as a Leviathan and do you guys, know what a leviathan from supernatural is no no okay this is a fun one so it's basically a face where the entire ring of where my face would be is just teeth 
Oh, oh, I think I've oh, seen that before. I think I've seen you do that. That yeah, oh, that was what that was. So, um, can you let me know where these erotic fan things are going on? Because uh, that in a porn, I'm just saying, and or fan fiction. Then again, what is that called? Vin- vagina, vagina dentata. dentata. Yeah, it's kind of taken to an extreme. Kind of all the dentata. That's a face you would not like to fornicate with, or would. I don't know what your kinks are. I'm not going to judge. That's that's up to you. Okay, so uh, Brie, how do we describe this film for if someone's never seen Guardians of the Galaxy? The OG film? Yeah. I think, you know, it's a comic book film. It's an entourage. It's a, a band of misfits. The porn parody did a great job of setting up, which is the first act of the, the OG Guardians of the Galaxy, which is all the misfits go to jail together, and then they're relying on each other to break out of jail together. And that's how they figure out, oh, we're all well-matched and we're a good band and we should be Guardians of the Galaxy. I think the film's success is all about Chris Pratt. I think it's all about the charm of, of its lead. I think Chris Pratt is, he unfortunately has some problematic uh, Christian politics, but besides that, he's kind of our Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise right now, millennial-wise. You know, they almost didn't choose Chris Pratt. Truly, tell me about that. Apparently, he was a shoe in but the person who was closest to taking the role, you guys know Glenn Howerton, the guy who plays Dennis Reynolds from It's Always Sunny. Damn, that would have been a totally different movie. Wow. Yeah. I know. How do we turn a five-star man into Star-Lord? Truly, <laughs> Glenn Howerton, it would have been, like, more funny and, like, caustic. And he would have been less likable is the thing. Peter Quill mm. is, like, a very likable hero character, you know, because his mom died and that's his whole deal. Sympathetic character. Instead, we would have had the implication in space. The implication. Sorry, is that a it's always, always sunny, sunny reference? I get it, yeah. It's a deep, I'm sorry. I know that's a pretty deep well, so I'm sure that's where that was from. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe we should start from the very beginning of this. Uh, so, by the way, it's not a surprise that they, you know, someone had to parody, and someone in this case was Wood Rocket ended up parodying Guardians of the Galaxy. Because I think uh, when it was launched, it was the first non-Avengers Marvel film to be developed by Walt Disney. And it, I think, domestically grossed like $300 million. Really? So, a lot, yeah. I did not see it in the theaters, though, but that doesn't say much because I'm kind of lame these days and I watch everything on planes, which is not the way they should be viewed. (laughs) This is one I always watch on a plane. This is a movie I watch over and over again. I really like it a lot. Okay, I'm a basketball fan. You know, um, when you put like a really good player in a in like kind of a less appreciated role, that's what you got with Guardians of the Galaxy. You got Bradley Cooper coming in clutch, playing mm-hmm. a weird character role. You know, you got Vin Diesel as Groot. That's maybe he just says Groot the whole time, but there's a lot behind there. You know, it's a lot of subtext. Um, it's a lot of soul, a lot of soul in those Groots. It's a dope series. I enjoyed even the like dumb you know, Flintstones Jetsons crossover in the new Avengers movie where Quill meets Tony Stark. And I love it. I love the mashups of the of the whole Marvel universe. I mean, I'm like, it pains me to say, because as I am like, I had a film degree, I like independent and foreign films. And also I will watch any of these fucking Marvel films that they make because, you know, we gotta, we gotta have a good time in these, in these trying times. Oh, absolutely. There's a little bit of, I mean, I feel like during most war times, that's usually when the movie's sort of explode and have the best years is because people need that escapism. And I wouldn't obviously liken this to World War II, but it, it's our version. <laughs> Being stuck <laughs> with what we've got right now, it is, uh, it's about as bad as we've experienced or certainly. in terms of just 
what the fuck every day. A friend of mine was doing um, like testing for like figuring out what kids like to watch on TV these days. And this kid at this test was like, oh, I watched this show. You've probably never heard of it. It's called Brady Bunch. And I love that because (laughs) Brady Bunch was specifically made to distract people from the Vietnam War. You know, all that shitty television of the 60s and 70s was just to like keep everybody placated. And that's really what we're – I think we're getting back to. I mean, the fall lineup is good though, I will say. I'm I'm watching a lot of TV right now like just to see what they're making for – you know, to unite a divided America – and it's very interesting. Wow, we got off topic. What were we talking about? Uh, groin? Uh, yeah. It's okay. This is a show about tangents. Is there a Brady Bunch porn parody, Alice? Yes. I oh, found no, it. no, no, no. Uh-huh. We're so going to watch it. We're so going to watch it, too. I mean, we all know that Florence Henderson was uh, a dirty bird. My dad has told me stories. They should make the porn parody should just be behind the scenes, right? Cameras turn right? off. Greg and mom and oh my god oh all yeah. the underwear mm-hmm. oh sweet purple Jesus Marsha 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 and then the music starts playing and then Jane yeah. and Marsha oh oh god oh wow um, they mm. just sold that house really oh you know who's gonna buy the house okay I'm about to blow y'all's minds can't believe I can pull this fact out Gary Busey that's you know what close Lance Bass was about to buy that house <laughs> um and he was gonna buy it and like like remodel it into something and use the profits for something else. But if something fell through with the deal, listen, it's crazy that I know this kind of stuff, but it's only because I write monologue jokes for TV shows sometimes. Awesome. Yeah. But, you know, maybe somebody could persuade Lance to shoot something there. You know what I'm saying? The new NSYNC, you know, reboot video. They could totally do a Brady Bunch video montage, you know. Oh, sure. I mean, I don't think NSYNC is getting together for that, but I was thinking, I don't know, anything. They could film anything there. You could reboot the whole – well, I, I don't, I'm not up for reboots anymore. I'm, I'm so tired of them, but that would be a reboot that would probably do well. Oh, a gritty Brady Bunch reboot? Mm-hmm. All the kids are in jail. Some of them are drug addicts. It, no, it's mostly <laughs> Marsha. It's definitely on drugs. She's definitely on something. Just Dr. Pills. Yeah. Dr. Pills. Or Jane. So Nardians. Nardians. So, uh, I mean, technically all the Nardians don't have nards. So, I mean, I guess that, you know, we could go with Nardians of the galaxy. Well, I, I mean, mean, nards or nads are short for gonads, which males and females both, I'm a scientist. So males and females actually both have gonads, but ours are just on the inside. Right. I stand corrected. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. No, <laughs> we care about science. We care, we care about science. science here. So as far as titles go, I give this about a six out of 10. Y'all agree, you know, Alice, you're the expert. What do you think? <laughs> no, I think it's good. Um, you know, I mean, they did make fun of the title in the part two, which I decided to watch for shits and giggles, where they said that the other options were Guardians of the Fallacy as well as Guardians of the Galaxy, except spelled with triple X. So, yeah. you know what? I definitely prefer this as opposed to nine times out of 10 where we get Guardians of the Galaxy and then it's triple X or not the Guardians of the Galaxy, which let's be honest, it's just for SEO purposes. Not your mother's Guardians of the Galaxy (laughs) or your mother's Guardians of the Galaxy, depending on who your mom is. I think Nardians of the Galaxy really sets you up for what you're going to see. You know, I just figured it out. The film has been made for guys who use the word nards. That's not me. That's not anybody I know, you know, but that's who it's for, for sure. And so great naming, Wood Rocket. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, that's a very slim audience, too. I, I don't know anyone who uses Nards. But then again, I we are coastal elitists, I assume. So, you know, you being in L.A. and Yeah, I think Nards is a very California word, actually. And I think it was heavy in the 90s and it's faded in use. But I think it was like it was peak usage, like in the poly shore mm-hmm. bro universe. Those guys are in their mid 40s now. And that's who this film is for. <laughs> it's the big Lebowski's of the 90s who use the word nards in mixed company. Shredding the nards, yeah. They got fired from their job at a bank for using the word nards because they thought it was a word that was okay to use. But then somebody was like, what? actually, what? actually, Nathan, it's 2019. You can't tell somebody to open a checking account because it's nards sick. That's not slang. It's nerd sick. But I don't know how to use the word. Obviously, it's not for, it's not my word. I'm not going to appropriate that from them. Yeah, no, I feel like I, I mean, should we try to resurrect it? Is it is this is no. it time? Is this should we go Let them have no, it. Okay. Let 40-year-olds have something. Let them hey. have their nards <laughs> and their Easy Mac. No, 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 not you. I mean these guys that didn't grow up, you know, that are still mm. in their culture from the 90s, from the early 90s. Oh my god. Yeah. Polly Shore was a thing. Polly, I, I so still much. don't understand why Polly Shore was a thing. Because his mom was famous and paid for all that shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who's his mom? His mom runs the comedy store. Oh. Yeah, she was a really important figure in the stand-up scene in, like, the 70s. And he was kind of – but he did hit on something, right? I mean, it was a popular yeah. moment for him. The weasel. Yeah, the weasel. His mom, I think, recently passed away, too. Yeah. But, yeah, she was responsible for a lot of stand-ups that came up. In the 70s, 80s, 90s, including her son. You know what? I for sure bet Polly Shore has watched Nardians of the Galaxy. I've never been more sure of anything in my life. I think that's a pretty fair bet. I wonder if there's a yeah. porn parody of, of Vincino Man. That's a great idea. Polly Shore, if you're listening to this, email us info at two girls, one mic. Polly, if you're a fan of the podcast, get in touch. You should just be on the podcast. Yeah. Has he done any porn? It seems like he has, right? I feel like he would. It was Screech that did the porn, right? It was yeah. it was Dustin Diamond. Oh god. Who do you think would be more upset that you confused them? Dustin Diamond <laughs> or Polly Shore? I think Polly Shore. I think Dustin Diamond Polly would be stoked to be confused with Polly Shore. He would be his nerds would be in knots. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of those like B level actors that turned and and went into porn for a little bit yeah. and then came back out. I don't know if anyone went back to mainstream stuff, but Dustin Diamond, if you're listening to the show, give a holler. What else are you doing? Yeah, right. Uh (laughs) So we kind of start off with it's very Indiana Jones like where you have Star Lord or Star Load in this instance Mm -hmm. trying to swap what looks like a solid dildo surrounded by laser beams with something of equal weight, which... I mean, haven't we all been there, I guess? I mean, if I had a dime. I mean, the feedback loop of Indiana Jones to Guardians of the Galaxy to Nardians of the Galaxy. Like, what a journey, you know? So many layers. It's a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Oof. A lot of reading to do. <laughs> I definitely appreciated Rocket being a female because Alice and I, when we first decided that we were going to, when she told me that she wanted to do Nardians of the Galaxy, my first thought being a scientist is most mammals have a baculum, which is a penis bone. 
the penis bone of the raccoon, the baculum, is often called a mountain man toothpick because they're pretty thin oh. and they can you can whittle them down and use them like a toothpick. Yeah. So I remember thinking, oh man, are they going to acknowledge or make reference to? You, generally, they don't have that much science, but maybe they would to the or rockets, uh, you know baculum but they did not and uh, it's a female with spectacular breasts as we already noted and uh, yeah so that was a way to avoid that conflict so what's funny is now that you mention raccoon penises i just mm-hmm. remembered that past guest of the show steve gadlin the i will draw a cat for you guy from shark tank he at one point was trying to give away a thousand raccoon penises like you do wait 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 mm-hmm. wait 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 what <laughs> He was giving away a thousand raccoon penises. Why? I've been gifted them before. He found a supplier. (laughs) This is like where the McRib comes from, right? They're just, the market is rich with raccoon penises. It's like chicken feed. I mean, Americans don't eat chicken feed, so you have to dispose them somewhere. So I guess raccoon. I wear mine around my neck. I fashion a necklace of chicken feet. It's delightful. I just want to back up a little bit and say, Natalia, what a weird world you live in that Mm -hmm. you heard you were going to watch a Guardians of the Galaxy porn and you thought, hmm, what if they're going to acknowledge the raccoon penis bone? Yes, this is is how my head works. It's awesome. I mean, it's awesome that you know that. It's awesome that you, you know, that's a thought that you get to have organically. You know, that would take me... 50, 60 years to come up with a thought like that. But wow, amazing. Well, now through this teaching experience we've had, because I'm also a professor, that's another job that I have. I know, very strange life. Uh, But now with sharing this knowledge, you will have that thought in the future. Oh, for sure, certainly. most mammals, most, I mean, I even thought when we watched the Star Wars one, I thought, well, if Chewbacca has a sex scene and he's a Wookiee, is he more like a great ape. I, I, I hosted a Bigfoot show years ago, so I also got oh. asked a lot of questions. What would Bigfoot's wang look like? And I always said, well, if he's like a human, humans have the largest penis to body size of the primates, of the non-human primates. Uh, gorillas, if you think, you know, a Wookiee is more like a gorilla or an orangutan, they have very small dongs. So King Kong is no King Dong. They actually are hung like a baby carrot. They've got like an inch and a half hmm. average size penis for a 400 pound gorilla. So these are the things that cross my mind sometimes when I'm laying awake at night. Yeah. (laughs) Thinking about the next porn parody I'm going to (laughs) watch. So going back to the porn. I just wanted to say that I think Chewbacca has a really small penis or he has a really large penis because he's kind of dumb, right? And so the blood isn't reaching his brain. Oh, it's all down there. It's all down there. That's what's happening. Or he is really smart. And then that means small dong. Okay, you may continue with your (laughs) podcast hosting, Alice. No, I like this. We appreciate this. No, no, these theories, you know, we we need to discuss these. Otherwise, well, I mean, (laughs) who else is going to? Happy to add to the rich texture of the podcast. So, yes, Nardians of the Galaxy. So we have Rocket Rakuch, as you mentioned. It's a female who has, well, quite a few. I mean, 552 counts of public leg humping. Mm. (laughs) And she's four months behind on a rabies vaccination. And to which then I was wondering... How often do you have 
get rabies vaccinations for your pets? Uh, Apparently it depends. Could be like a booster shot once a year or two. There's others that are good like every three years. But uh, by the way, if you ever get rabies, I was reading about that. It's horrific. It's really crazy. Yeah, central nervous system shuts down. You go into a coma, you die in seven days. It is the least exciting version of the ring. (laughs) No, I, I try to stay away from rabid animals. It's usually just how I do, you know, see foaming at the mouth. Awake during weird hours of, of the day. I remember seeing raccoons. I went to Graceland a few months back and, you know, raccoons are generally nocturnal and, and you won't see them too often during the day as much as, you know, foraging around at night. And I saw this one raccoon just running around during the day and I'm like, oh, oh no, I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay clear of that guy. Cause I don't know, you know, not that I'm generally going up to strange raccoons during the evening as well, but, uh, I get curious. Trash pandas, they excite me. Uh, we also have uh, Drax the Destroyer in this is Crax the Dick Destroyer, and he's extremely angered because they discontinued his favorite loop, so he's been on a sexual rampage in Vengeance. Uh, Gamhora, uh, who has two dozen counts of sexual rampage, uh, daughter of Thanus, and I did appreciate, you know, the sounds like Bill Cause and then mm-hmm. just stopped. <laughs> So yeah, what what I, I thought that was really weird actually because it was like <laughs> we're gonna make a joke about this thing. It's naughty, so we're gonna pretend like he like one character is like not allowing the other character made to make the joke, but the film still made the joke. Yeah, I don't know, guys. What's the point? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Maybe yeah, it was a thing. I mean, it's already a porn, so I mean, really, is is saying the next syllable that bad? Is it really right. you know? Is it really crossing the line after we just watched a raccoon pleasure herself with a shrunken groin? <laughs> oh, well, we'll get to that. Uh, then we have groin, actually. Groin is the personal sex aid slash muscle to uh, Rocket Rakooch and the universe's largest dildo. And I'm a little disappointed in myself because I didn't Google what is the world's largest dildo. So I'm sorry. I would believe that is President Trump. I have to say that the problem with that is kind of subjective about what a dildo is you know what i mean like a dildo is pretty much anything yeah you know like you could call the washington monument the largest dildo you could call the statue of liberty i mean you wouldn't because the right wing media would run with that but you could we were making comments about the size of your microphone earlier that could be yeah i can't say stuff like that i'm a senator did you guys know that So you're going to really need to redact a lot of stuff out of this podcast. That's okay. It's going to be like the transcript will just be a black page. (laughs) I should have told you that ahead of time. I am a senator. I'm a sitting senator. You, I mean, you are technically sitting. So yeah. Yes. No, that's uh, (laughs) sitting down senator. This is true. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I'm sure they'll let us run all of these words as Facebook ads. Yeah. You know, for you know your for your re-election campaign, but (laughs) yeah, that'll be just fine. (laughs) <laughs> and then we had Pecker Quill, who uh, we find out he sneaks into Infinity Bone into the prison, which what I did appreciate, though, is when they did the lineup scene, they did it as accurately to the movie as possible, meaning everybody was in their own places. You had Star-Lord, Gamora, Rocket, etc. in the exact lineup, which was really cool. Or not cool, uh, just accurate, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Visually accurate. Visually well, accurate. Well, the thing is... The film directors know what they're doing, you know. They know what a dynamic 
visual picture looks like, you know, and it looks like all the characters of different heights standing in the perfect places. That's what a tableau is, you know? And if Todd Phillips or whoever the fuck directed that movie, who directed the movie, Alice? Uh, James Gunn. Great. So if James Gunn put his directorial eye on the lineup, you know, if you are James, you know, Pecker, whoever is the director of the of the remake, yeah, you should start just making it shot by shot. I think that's the smart way to go. Don't reinvent the wheel, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, the Star Wars one was, we talked about the accuracy of that particular film. I mean, they really, they didn't even change the, the names for the most part, right? They kept them pretty, which I thought there was some um, missed opportunities for some horrible puns. The Star Wars one was so shot by shot that they even skimmed over potential sexual puns just so they could recreate Star Wars. Oh. It was intense. So going back to the porn, what was interesting was Pecker Quill snuck the infinity bone in through his butt. And then I started having questions about how much you could fit into your butt, especially in prison. Have you guys ever thought about this? <laughs> How much I've thought about a lot of weird things, but I always assume like an infinite amount of stuff can fit in your butt. I just didn't even really think about it. I started kind of going on like a rabbit hole of just butt information after, you know, that joke about that he snuck it in through his butt because I thought to myself, I'm like, okay, well, why can't they just do screenings like they do at the TSA to whether or not, you know, someone has something in their butt. But then I realized apparently that a lot of these places don't have the budget for things like that. Also, I mean, the rectum is, you know, at the end of the large intestine, the area just after colon and before the sphincter. And I was trying to figure out, okay, well, how big is it? And some medical sites will say that the rectum is like six to eight inches long and 2.5 inches at its widest point. But it seems really misleading because I was reading, because the tissue itself is super stretchy. So what I'm saying is I was reading about Dr. Horror's stories about what people were pulling out of their butts. Yeah, that's what I like. That's my understanding yeah. is like pretty much anything can go in there. And, you know, I've seen like at least two dicks on screen before, you know. So, yeah, it's stretchy like the vagina. It's like elastic pants. Woo! Mm-hmm. Now, if you are a butt stretcher, uh, fair warning, with stretching, the signals to defecate will become weaker and could cause accidents and leakage. So I guess don't be too intense or just be safe or smart. I don't know. Yeah. You do you. you do. <laughs> it's my understanding you have to have a lot of non-stretchy time. Downtime? Yeah, you take the elastic pants off so the elastic can rest. Mm, I got it. I got it. This yeah. is a good way of putting it. Yeah. Let your butt breathe. Yeah, let mm-hmm. your butt breathe. I, uh, I'm letting my butt breathe right now, guys. Just wanted Aww. to let you know there's nothing currently up it. I'm uh, taking a break. I thought it was time. That would be a great podcast. There would be three podcasters who are stretching their butt, and the podcast is over when they need to stop. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, my butt needs to take a breath. It really needs. Uh, where do you think this Gatorade bottle was just in? Um, I did like the beginning, the very beginning of the film. Pecker is getting arrested. Well, he's getting accosted by that woman in the beginning. And there's that joke about she's trying to say his name. And I never thought I'd hear Julia Louis-Dreyfus's name in a porn before. Uh, You know, it was such a good joke. Glenn Danzig, that was something I didn't expect to hear in a a porn parody before. So these are just things I'd like to note that good writing. The dialogue at the top was good. Yeah. It was good. I laughed. I was, and it was not like a a pity laugh. It was like, I legit laughed. The Glenn Danzig, I was like, what the fuck am I watching? (laughs) 
Tina Fey. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, there was like a back and forth at the beginning of the film and it was like a bunch of nonsense names came out. And yeah, it was like, oh, this is a, these are cultural references that I share with the writer of this movie. Who would have thought? I also thought that was very funny. I also wondered if that scene was so sharp because of cuts, if it was very good editing or good acting. And I suspect it was good editing. <laughs> Props to the editor of the film. Editors are kings and queens. Especially with comedy, you know, it's really got a pop. Um, there's a rhythm to it. And the the first scene in that movie really, really got the comedy of it. That's when you knew what you were watching, man. So are you saying that if you were to watch a porn where they tried to joke but failed miserably because they can't act, would you be more turned on? Because the comedy fails. No, nothing <laughs> uh, makes me softer than jokes that don't land. Yeah, so a flat joke is just... A flat ass. Yeah, no one wants to fuck a comic who bombs, right? So yeah, they were really, really sharp off the top with dialogue. Yeah, and then I thought, oh, dang, maybe the dialogue is going to be good. Maybe I got to keep watching this. And I thought, yeah, I thought Pecker Quill was like the actor playing uh, Chris Pratt's role, um, but he did a great job, I thought. I thought he was a very on-point Chris Pratt wannabe. I mean, he had a, he was likable, but not too likable. He was sexy enough. I mean, I wasn't screaming my panties, but I was definitely, you know, I thought it was an attractive, good pecker quills. Big shoes to fill, you know? Yeah, yeah. Chris Pratt is a straight-up dreamboat. And even, like, the, I think the toughest things for guys to get hot-wise is, like, disheveled hot because it's so easy to slip into slob, especially Chris Pratt, who's a little on the doughier side, you know, I mean, not for Guardians of the Galaxy, but previously. And he's still hot a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. like— Thick and schlubby, you know, but not a lot of men can can make that work, you know. They haven't figured yeah, it out yet. Yeah, dad bod hot. Yeah, the dad bod, yeah. So I think this guy did a fair job of bringing the likability in. I mean, I still would have watched Guardians of the Galaxy if they had Chris Pratt in the body of Andy Dwyer. Would have been fine. Ooh, yeah. You know what? Keep the personality of Andy Dwyer, too. I would have liked it more. I'll be oh, honest yeah. with you. I'm a very, I'm into thick, I love um, fat people and I, I am dying to see a fat superhero. And I heard that Octavia Spencer and Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy are coming out with a Superman movie. I'm so excited. What? Yeah. I saw pictures of, it's supposed to be, you know, pictures from uh, on set and they look fantastic. I mean, the costumes, it, they're very Captain Marvel-esque costumes. We're ready but. for it. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I take an Andy Dwyer bod any day. <laughs> yeah, I definitely uh, prefer dad bod to ripped any day. I've never I've never really been into shredded guys. Like, nothing gets me. I, I just don't find a six-pack. Well, just a lot of time and energy that I feel like, I don't know, it's a lot of pressure that they're going to, I feel like, possibly put on me to be something as well. And I'm just like, I don't have that. I, I don't like that at all. But, you know, especially guys that are very, um, have sort of standards or, or think that, their idea of beauty is in a box. My preference is something to hold on to. Always has been. I like to grab parts. And if it's all hard, there's nothing to grab. Yeah, I think that this guy, this Nardians guy, was, despite being lean and mean, brought some likability in there. And he delivered dialogue really good, which was appreciated. I will be honest with you guys. I did not see his dick or his body at all. I did not watch those parts of the movie. We didn't ask you to, to worry. But yeah, I mean, he seemed like the thing about that character, the Star-Lord character, is he's very, he's kind of slimy. You know, he's kind of like Bradley Cooper in every other movie where it's like, I don't <laughs> quite trust this guy, you know? <laughs> so that's already in there. 
Disney had a tough job of making this movie because all the misfits are kind of bad guys that we like for some reason, you know? Yeah. So going back to the writing for a second, because I know that you guys really like the back and forth in the beginning. I mean, for me, I feel like this movie brought for me the best comeback to go suck a bag of dicks or go eat a bag of dicks Mm. that I have ever heard in my life. For the Cracks character to say... Why would she suck an entire bag of dicks when one would be sufficient enough for her voracious dick hunger is the best line (laughs) I am using. Absolutely. Because I've been told multiple times to go suck a bag of dicks. Why? When I just need one for my voracious hunger. It was excellent cracks writing, right? I mean, it's like. Mm, Beautiful. you You just had to pick something that was like, you know, an unreasonable metaphor and cracks is that's his bread and butter. Yeah, he's so literal. Yeah. Now, how much time do you guys think they spent on applying the body makeup? Because I know for the real one, David Bautista had to stand for five hours while they applied body paint. How long do you think this took? I don't know. His makeup seemed maybe the most intricate. Man, and then probably you don't want to take it off. You think they shot it in one day? That's what I'm thinking. That's what I was going to say. I don't think this was a a multi-day shoot. Well, because he wasn't also, you know, that that was also a little disappointing. I figured he'd have a sex scene too. I thought it was a shoe-in to have a threesome with him in uh, Gahora and uh, Starload. She'd be like, fuck me, daddy. And he'd be like, I'm not not your father. Obviously, my my family is gone. You know, it would be be good character development for that character. I would love to see. I would would watch a whole movie of him being literal in like the world or or sex or whatever. Oh, that would be good. So the Cracks character does in part two have a scene with Nebula. So you get some blue on blue action. (laughs) Yeah. Although it's just, it's such very quick dialogue and a little bit of comedy. And then it goes straight into mostly blowjob for 90%. I didn't know what we were getting into with part two. So I was like, guys, we're focusing on part one. Okay. Only. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. My voracious hunger for eating or sucking a bag of dicks was, you know, (laughs) was completely uh, satiated with part one. Mm -hmm, Exactly. I am, uh, I'm good. The sex between them seemed, I, I kind of fast forwarded. I got a little bit of it. I liked it. I mean, what I, from the little that I saw, but it, yeah, it kind of just ended right there. It was abrupt. I would have liked a little bit maybe of a, a cliffhanger, if you will, <laughs> for part two. That's just, you know, my personal opinion. Or have you seen Alice in the Porn Parodies after the credits having like a lead in for like part two or like kind of like a funny little teaser? Because that would be so fun. In grand That's Marvel great fashion, that is, yeah. you know, characteristic of the canon. You know, you got to come back with Nick Fury. <laughs> ah, <laughs> Oh, no. Uh, you Sorry, you're reminding me of the awful Avengers porn parody I, we oh, saw. Oh, no. <laughs> was it a lot of Nick Fury? I mean, we had Nick Fury, but it was just, it was, the writing was so bad. I see, I see. <laughs> you can't come back from that. So this Nardians of the Galaxy, the writing is very good, in your opinion, and the Avengers movie was very bad writing. Let me put it this way. The level of effort is night and day. I'm not saying this is the best porn parody I've watched. We've definitely watched way more intricate ones. But you know what? They cared. They gave a shit. Got it. But so before going, skipping all the way to the end, there are a few key moments I do want to mention. So let's talk about the disturbing raccoon masturbation scene. Yes. Because I (laughs) couldn't sleep at night. (laughs) I understand. So we have... April O'Neil, who they shrunk down to raccoon size for this. And in this one 
time. So after Groin saves the team by engulfing them all in a protective cum shell, as one would, you know, actually, maybe more porn stars are in protective cum shells and we just don't know it. Hmm. I mean, that, that explains a lot of the San Fernando Valley, the home of my people. That's where I grew up. I like when he said we are growing, which was I felt like a nice double entendre because they, mm. you know. I mean, I am growing. He's always saying he's growing as a dildo. That makes sense. But we are growing. It was it was a, a tender moment, I thought. Yeah, very tender. Mm-hmm. I do think that the scale of the raccoon was very funny throughout. So, like, you know, uh, they use green screen technique. They use some acting techniques where Rocket's walking out of the room and all the actors look down at their feet like, oh, there she goes. <laughs> <It's>, but... <laughs> It's sort of like the new you guys seen the trailer for the new movie Cats that's coming out where you're like Oh yeah. Yes. How big are the cats? Are they cat sized? Are they people sized? Are they somewhere in between? Cause some places it feels like they're somewhere in between. Sometimes it seems like they're tiny like mice. And that's how I felt like April O'Neil was. This little rocket was like and also I gotta tell you, this is like the worst mask I've ever seen. They could have got that mask, they could have gotten any mask. It looked like taxidermy, dude. It was so bad. And then also for when the reveal comes, when she takes off her fucking jumpsuit and she's just a naked hottie under there with like a mask (laughs) line, you know, there was no blending. It's like when a girl does her makeup real intense and her face is all (laughs) orange and her neck is white. That's what it looked like, dude. We can't have a hairy, a completely hairy face and neck and then just perfectly not. She didn't have hair under her armpits. You think a raccoon woman wouldn't have a full bush? ridiculous. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely felt like it. I'm, I'm all about the suspension of disbelief for films, but that <laughs> took it a little too far. Yeah. What I didn't like is when she took growing and put him in her mouth, but you could tell that the mouth of the mask, she'd go real <laughs> deep to even get her mouth. So it was just like, what? <laughs> it was, it was overwhelming. To explain to our audience, what happens is after groin sacrifices himself, he becomes baby groin. So essentially the size of an actual dildo mm-hmm. and they CGI groin onto the dildo. I just didn't feel comfortable knowing we had baby <laughs> dildo groin. <laughs> And he still was wooden. He still was wooden. So all I could think about were splinters. You could definitely see that the accident that made Grind very small also made him very smooth, which was convenient for the scene. Hmm. <laughs> very convenient for this Nardian's parody. Alice, you would know this. Um, tell me. Do you what know? I? I don't know. I mean, wooden dildos. I mean, is it like the wooden teeth of Washington? Uh, oh, I've seen a... George Washington. I mean... There's got to be wooden dildos. I would. I mean, yeah. I mean, broom handle. Uh. We also have a Patreon, and I kid you not, who carved us a wooden butt plug. Oh, wow. that's kind. Oh, yeah, amazing. He's fantastic. I think petrified wood would make a lovely dildo. It's uh, that's technically rock, I think, but mm-hmm. the sediments have come in, and yeah, I know it said it. Yeah, because the only thing I would think of is also how dirty a wooden any like a wooden surface absorbs. Oftentimes, you know, they can get dirtier than, say, like a a stainless steel table. It could be the kind of thing, though, like, um, Natalia, I listened to this podcast about how this, like, convent was making cheese in these old wood barrels. And um, the bacteria was, like, beautiful and, like, the cheese was renowned. And, like, the health inspector was like, "Mm, no, the bacteria, this is bad. And they were like, okay, but the wood barrels, it doesn't make anyone sick. Then they started using the stainless steel barrels and people started getting sick because something in the wood, it, like, the bacteria, it was— Good bacteria. It was the good bacteria and it balanced it all out, you know. So maybe a wooden dildo would be actually, like, a vaginal cleaning. Oh, 
that we would get Jen Gunter on our butts, though. <laughs> well, it's one hole only, maybe. Do you know Jen Gunter? No. Oh, she's great. She, if you ever get a chance, she's on uh, very active on Twitter. She just wrote the Vagina Bible, but she because you know there's all these like put a jade egg in your vagina, yeah. and she's just like stop, don't do like that. douching, stop. You don't need like it cleans itself. It's okay. Yeah. But yeah, I do wonder what a wooden dildo would do in terms of long term. So that said, I decided to Google wooden dildos. <laughs> oh, and thank you, Alice. Uh, I have stumbled onto a treasure trove of information. Well, well go on. So, for example, uh, did you know that you're not supposed to, by the way, if you choose to decide to make your own custom wooden dildo, don't stain the dildo. Apparently, you're not supposed to have it stained or varnished at all. Mm. Oh. Yeah. You want a natural finish. I assume it's just a lot of sanding to smooth out any rough spots and sharp edges. A lot of sanding. Uh, But basically, they use something called a salad bowl finish, which is food grade safe, but not an oil. That is something I need to learn what that is. Wait, wait, you are supposed to use oil? No, it's a finish called a salad bowl finish. Like some sort of lacquer or something like that. Sealant. Yeah. If it was like a, like I have a bamboo cutting board, right? You got to seal it with oil. But you, it's just kind of an oil treatment and, you know, it just keeps the wood from splintering off and stuff like that. It is some kind of a finish, though, because uh, if there's no finish on it, then moisture will cause it to apparently oh, yeah. splinter over time. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So what I think we're trying to say is uh, if you're investing in a wooden dildo or butt plug, do your homework because this sounds intense and complicated. Do your homework, you wood fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> you would. You dendrophiliacs. Dendrophiliacs. It means tree lover. Some people hug trees, other people fuck them. You know, I mean, it's, I do not judge. It's all about the earth, baby. Branch out. <laughs> Branch out and leave those glass dildos leaf, behind. Leave your expectations yeah. at the door. <laughs> Get to the root of the matter. Wow. Oh, yeah, it's bad. It's, it's, <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. You are a teacher. Put a ring on it. Oh, yeah. No, it's, yeah, the puns, <laughs> it's really bad. My poor students. Uh, I wouldn't believe this if it wasn't happening. Hey. <laughs> I like to make root jokes because in Prospect Park, uh, there's this weird tree structure that is like a clean cut Groot. It literally looks like a giant, you know, I, I call him Greg, Groot's, you know, clean cut cousin that has a good 401k and pension package, but um, I'm into Groot. Was a fan of growing. So the team saves the universe in a very simple fashion. So apparently Bonin gets on the ship. He gets the infinity bone. Rakuch decides to start humping Bonin's leg. She drops the infinity bone. Pecker Quill grabs the infinity bone, but he can't handle the bone. So uh, what? how do they resolve this, guys? You know, sometimes you just got to put a hand on somebody's crotch. And uh, basically they, they <laughs> absorbed the power uh, while Pecker was holding it. And it was very unwieldy this uh, infinity bone. And it was, the power was so intense. I don't exactly understand it, what exactly it was doing, but it was causing very hold, like very, it was like hot potato, hard to hold. Uh, (laughs) So he shared the uh, pain and perhaps some of the pleasure with uh, (laughs) Gahora and Cracks. And uh, yeah, they just grabbed on to basically Gahora's vagine and uh, held on tight. Yeah. I I like that Cracks very um, matter of factly offered to grab Starload's crotch and he was like no i think it's better if you grab onto kahoras so it was a, <laughs> i thought for a second we were going to see some guy on guy and i was i was i got a little a little excited 
because I, I like it when they mix it up and they surprise me. But yeah. alas, that was not mm. wasn't not for the, the next opportunity. Fans. Too wild. No. <laughs> Too much. Too pushing the envelope for the Nard fans. They want the girl on guy action. I think that there was a opportunity for a group sex scene, you know, and they took it, you know, because it was pretty much ready to go there in the original film, you know. The group can only handle the power of the bone with all of their powers combined. Voltron, every kind of superhero movie that's a team that's what it ends with, right? I couldn't do it alone. I could only do it with all of our powers combined. Yeah. Power Rangers, Marvel, Avengers. Polly Shore. Polly Shore. Yeah. Polly Shore needs he his needs team in, in the army now. No, I definitely feel like there's always that moment where it's like the protagonist is like, I can do it without you. And then walks away and then realizes, no, I needed my team. He didn't have quite. That's the act break. Yeah. A good act break to sort of come back and, and do it together. It was a great moment of coming together. Coming together. Yay. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I was a little disappointed, though. They didn't finish out with uh, with cracks, but that's, you know, maybe they just really wanted to build up that very long and explosive blowjob for part two. <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, I enjoyed it. You've seen far more than I have, Alice, but porn parodies that really sucked a bag of dicks. And, and this one was... This one was okay, I would say. I mean, if you're someone who wants to watch a Guardians of the Galaxy porn parody, I would say this is one of them, probably the only one. <laughs> there was the song, they did the remake of Hooked on a Feeling by Blue Swede. That was fantastic. Their new take on Hooked on a Feeling was Jizzed on a Ceiling. <laughs> Very hard to clean. Very hard. <laughs> In space, no one can hear you cream. Ooh. I, I thought the production value on that song was... Better than a lot of the movie. I mean, in terms of of nailing it, I, I think it's instead of Uga Chaka, it's like Uga Fucka or something. You know, it's yeah. it's got a nice little spin on hooked on a feeling, which is such a feel good song. Did you know that the film's soundtrack, uh, Awesome Mix Volume One, was the first film soundtrack to make it to number one on the Billboard charts without a single original song? Wow, it's a very really? good soundtrack. Yeah, that's impressive. I feel like yeah, growing up, um, Forrest Gump was a huge soundtrack, and Boogie mm-hmm. Nights for me, um, and they all were. None, I don't think either of those had an original song on them. They all were like Boogie Nights was fantastic, and it was all older, late seventies sort of porn-ish sounding song. So, yeah. You know, get into that song parody. It's like, if you're making a movie like Nardians, you know, it's this parody. The budget is so important. It's like, where are you spending your money? You know, where are you really going to see it? You know, and I bet they spent a ton of money on CGI. That stuff is so expensive and it looks so bad. Like, it's so hard to make that stuff look good. Like, you know, they didn't spend it on, like, the mask. They probably spent a lot of money on makeup. They probably spent (laughs) a lot of money on, yeah, because it was so much makeup. It was so detailed. It was head to toe for some people, you know. And I got to assume that they spent a lot of money on that song parody because it was really good. It sounded like a decent production value. And it had the qualities of the song that you needed to kind of create that world where, yeah, what is it about Hooked on a Feeling? It's that it starts with the, like, guttural chanting. It sounds kind of, like, exotic and 
and far flung. And that's what the beginning of that movie is about. It's like adventure and stuff and and heart. And it was perfect. It was really good. It kind of got me excited for the movie, like the way an opening song is supposed to. Yeah. What a world where a porn parody is. That's what I'm saying. They really did a good job of like, (laughs) like mirroring shots that had, you know, a dynamic look like the lineup, you know, and picking their moments to spend money on like a good song and, a CGI tree cum explosion. I'll tell you what, the cum explosion, they didn't spend a lot of money on. There was just some styrofoam on the ground. Like we're supposed to think that's cum. You think your audience doesn't know what cum looks like? All right, guys, come on, come on. What are we doing here? Right, come come on. Mm -hmm. Please. Come on is right. Don't come on my hair and tell me it's raining. (laughs) No, it's just a protective shield. (laughs) I see. It was like I was also envisioning like a crusty cum bubble, not like a like a liquid cum can't protect anyone. And also, let's just be clear, man, this is another men. If anybody was going to say it would be the protective shell of a vagina, not a cum bubble. Cum does not protect anyone. It's not helpful. Stop making your cum seem important to us. It's not. Yeah. Same with balls, you know, like saying, you know, grow a pair. It's like, no, those things are outside the, grow some ovaries inside the body can take a pounding and like, you know, the, the, no. And also hot as balls, not a correct because they're outside the body. So your testicles are vulnerable and wussy is what your testicles are. I don't want to grow anything as vulnerable as a sack. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Natalia, you're right. Yeah, no. You're right when you tell people off after that. I Actually, you guys, don't tell me to grow a pair. Balls are not fit for tough conditions. <laughs> They're like, what? And the sperm quality of human male is is bunk, honestly. They have bunk spunk. It's inferior to many. Yeah, chimpanzees have really grade A spunk. Like they wow. have, uh, and their ejaculates contain far more sperm than ours do. But our, our human sperm is pretty darn um, lame. Like they have like, you know, double tails swimming in circles, things like that. Um, just Great job, real chimps. dopey, dopey sperm, but chimpanzees, man, chef's kiss. Um, <laughs> that's not because I want to have sex with a chimpanzee. I'm just saying they have very, and you're an appreciator of the game. I am. Yeah. They have very large testes too, uh, compared well. to us humans. But I also did in terms of the music, I definitely don't want to miss pointing out that when they were making the Julia, I can't say her name, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, she's such a fantastic actress. I gotta Don't get worry, right. you'll get it by the time we do the Veep porn parody. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. When is that going to happen? Because that should. Um, but she, so they're making references to her and then, of course, they make a Seinfeld reference yeah. and then they do a great bad, good version of a Seinfeld bass intro. It was fantastic. So I, I just definitely want to give a, a shout out to that Lovely moment. Good job, music folks. Good job, that actress. Yeah, that she first was actress. Good. She was funny. Yeah, Tabitha Stevens. Well done, Tab. I've seen her before in a couple ones. Uh, I yeah, my favorite so far that she's been in is uh, Linda being Linda in Bob's Boners. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Do you think an adult um, film star comes to set and if she doesn't have to fuck, she's like, oh well. Like, is she stoked or is she like, oh, well, what am I even doing here? You know what I mean? Like, if I were called to set and I was I was not making any jokes, it would feel weird. I would be like, am I even going to get paid for this? You know? <laughs> well, what's interesting is we've had, like, for example, my friend Kate Kennedy will go on set sometimes and she'll be asked to do readings. Oh. So, you know how, like, in the beginning of porn, they'll say, 
he was my mom's yoga teacher. And I always, yeah, Yeah. whatever. So she will do those types of readings and she'll just knock out a bunch. That's fun. And she'll get paid for it. I love it. That would be great if she needs help. I know. I was just going to say that. If you have any listeners in the industry, please call me. I am available to read any smut you want for just mm -hmm. as many dollars as you're willing to give me. I'm a big smut peddler. So I. I, You're into LA or (laughs) Portland area? LA. Oh, so yeah, you're in the smut area. I'm near the industry. Considering we actually might have a couple directors that listen to this, Bree, (laughs) hire. Please do. I have excellent diction. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My diction is so hard and off the charts. (laughs) So, Bree, where can our listeners find more of you or see you? Ah, well, thank you for asking. At Bree Pruitt across all platforms, that's Bree with an I and Pruitt with an E T T. Um, I just wrote an article for Playboy magazine, which you can read, um, words, not pictures. And uh, it's strictly for my mind is what Playboy magazine wanted. But um, I also, in Los Angeles, you can see me every week, um, Friday, I run a show called Faded. And then once a month, I run a show called High Priestess. That's a tarot card, cannabis, and comedy show. And um, we also have a podcast. And you can get all those details at highpriestess.com. No, highpriestesscomedy.com. Sweet. So how does that work? Tarot cards and pod and comedy? We just do a stand-up show. We encourage the audience to get high if they want to. They can also, like, we've done it on in backyards under the full moon. And usually it's um, it's just like a, it's like a great group and people get high and drink. And we sometimes have weed sponsors. So we've had edible sponsors. And the audience is just like, oh, it's just like so happy and vibrating. And like the comedians love it. And then we have a tarot card reader who um, does tarot cards after the show. Sometimes we do a little chanting and spell work. It's just, uh, you know, we're a couple of LA witches and and that's the kind of show we wanted to see. And so we just started doing it. And uh, it's been about two years now. Now we have a spinoff show in Austin. You can go see High Priestess mm. Austin or in LA. Or you can listen to the podcast if you're somewhere else. And if you're if you're a witch, um, it might behoove you. Nice. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. So I'll link to that in the show notes. So Thank if you. you guys are in the LA area or just want to listen to Brie, you could do that. So before we jump to the very, very end, uh, so we do have some patrons to thank. So this week we want to thank... Aiden Ferenstock, Bethany Nicole, Andrew Gore, Bob Dole, Bob Cole, Brent, Brian Gowdy, Carl Christie, Chris Gaffaro, Craig Elliott, Elisa, Eric H., Falco Hyfing, 404, Dale Stringham, Howard Lee, Holish Ike, Megan in Australia, Joshua Rice, Kyle Washington, Kevin Bounty, Long A. Nguyen, Michael Gatt, Mike Sorbetsko, Priest Pilot, Wendy Cornwall, and many, many, many others. And if you also want to become a patron yourself, head over to patreon.com slash two girls on mic or just two girls on mic.com and hit the donate button. You help with editing and hosting and all the expenses that we need to get this up and running to you guys every week. Uh, and Natalia, where can our listeners find more of you? Well, Alice, uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at Natalia13Reagan. Uh, I, I also host podcasts for Neil deGrasse Tyson's All Stars. So the show is no longer going, but if you want to hear backlogs, of me talking about Neanderthal nookie and uh, what makes us human and teeth and and space, you know, black holes and dark matter and all that kind of stuff. You can find me on uh, Star Talk, Instagram at Natalia13Reagan. And uh, yeah, you can also see updates on shows. So right now I don't have a regular show, but there'll be some uh, coming up. Cool. And you guys can find me on Twitter at Rational Blonde or on the TGOM podcast Twitter. Also, uh next week. So uh, we will see you next week, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye.